This is Easy Does It Barbecue with your host, Dan McDonald, owner of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. If you're ready to dig into some serious talk about all things barbecue, from the moo to the oink, grab a cold one and let's get down to business. Now, here's Dan McDonald. Hey everyone, this is Dan McDonald, owner and operator of Colorado Barbecue Outfitters right here in Colorado Springs. And you're listening to the Easy Does It Barbecue Radio Show right here on KPPF. We call it Easy Does It Barbecue because we're going to talk about some of the easiest ways to do it. Over the past few shows, we've talked a lot about the main subject of barbecue and outdoor cooking, and that is meat. I went over, one of our shows was about brisket. We talked about pork shoulders. We talked about ribs, I believe. We've talked about poultry. But one of the things I get asked a lot at the store is what sides go with those meat? Very rarely do you cook a rack of ribs and just eat nothing but the ribs. Usually you're going to have something to go with it. You've got those staples that we were always taught to have, some starch or salad or something like that. And on today's show, I'm going to talk about the more popular sides that people will couple with barbecue meat. Now, of course, understand, disclaimer here is you can have whatever you want. There are no rules to this, folks. And these are by no means all-inclusive. These are just your top food items that people will eat uh, with barbecue meat uh, or when cooking outdoors in general. Uh, The first one I want to talk about is the almighty potato. The potato is something that is extremely versatile. Many of you that already cook outdoors know that there's several things you can do with just a potato. There's different types of potatoes. Uh, The starchy potatoes are for baking, they're for mashing, they're for frying. You can use them to roast, but you don't want to boil them. So there's actually three different types. There's starchy that I just mentioned, and those are going to be like your russet Burbanks or your King Edwards. Now, I know a lot of you are probably listening right now and and thinking to yourself, what is a russet Burbank or a King Edward? And you probably just grab the potato in the grocery store and not even look at the name. I know a lot of us do that, but they actually have names and different types. So the starchy potatoes, again, are for baking, mashing, frying, and roasting, but we don't really want to boil them. The waxy potatoes are typically what we use for potato salad or casseroles. I grew up on a lot of casseroles, Uh, back in the day that my mom would make so we could stretch food a little bit longer and potatoes made up a lot of the ingredients of those. Those are going to be like your red-skinned potatoes or what we call Yukon gold. Those are sometimes some of the smaller ones. And then we have something called a new potato. And those are what we use for stews, soups, and those are what you want to boil if you ever want to boil potatoes. They're usually small and they're about golf ball size. So those little ones you see called new potatoes. Um, We also have one called a Yukon Gold, or the Yukon Gold is one of the, under the waxy um, heading of potatoes. And the beautiful thing about the Yukon Gold is that's all purpose. You can almost virtually use that potato for everything. So if you're a novice, or you just don't want to be bothered in the grocery store, and you're looking for potatoes to do side dishes with, grab the Yukon Golds. I would recommend buying them individually versus in the big bags. Uh, Unless you eat a lot of potatoes, a lot of times people end up throwing away the potatoes that come in those big bags because they just don't make them or eat them soon enough and before they go bad or they start to sprout. 
so I would buy individually, and I usually buy the larger size russet, uh, and I can use those for several different dishes that I make. Uh, you want to store them in a cool, dark place. You don't want to put them in a refrigerator. Uh, potatoes don't actually do well in a refrigerated uh, type environment. You just want to keep them in a cool, dark place. Uh, back in the old days, they used to keep them in like a root cellar or something like that that was cooler, uh, maybe a little humid. And your basement works great or just in your cupboard down below, uh, out of the sun and so on. Uh, you want to store them in paper bags versus plastic. I know a lot of times we go to the grocery store and we grab two, three potatoes and throw them in one of those plastic bags and then check out. Well, when you get home, take them out of those plastic bags. They don't keep very well. They need to breathe. Put them in a paper bag or something of the like versus a plastic bag and your potatoes will keep longer for you. Uh, before you ever uh, eat a potato, one thing you need to know, and if you don't already, is that they come from under the ground. So potatoes are a root veggie, and they actually grow in the dirt. Now, yeah, they're washed, but they're washed in a bulk-type basis. So I always recommend that you wash uh, the potatoes very well with a brush uh, before you consume them in any way. Uh, peeling them, up to you. Some recipes call for peeling and others call for just leaving the, the skin right on the potato. Uh, just make sure there's no mold or mustiness or anything like that to your potato. Hopefully that's uh, common sense for everyone. Um, using a black skillet, believe it or not, to cook potatoes actually works better than an aluminum or a stainless steel, surprisingly. Uh, the potato just cooks better when the when the skillet is black. Cast iron is preferred, but I realize not everyone will use those. Don't forget that other potato that that is wonderful, but a lot of people don't necessarily buy, and those are sweet potatoes. I actually love those. Uh, I make a lot of things from sweet potatoes. You mashed, you can make sweet potato fries or what have you. So sweet potatoes go really well with barbecue uh, meats uh, such as ribs, especially pork. If you go with a sweeter profile, you can continue that with potato. So as far as potatoes go, obviously the number one side that people usually do is potato salad. There's different types. You've got German potato salad that can be a little more vinegary. Um, you've got mustard-based potato salad. I mean, there's several different ways to make it, but that's a very popular and easy side to to pair with a lot of your barbecue meats, and, and it can be a neutral type side. It doesn't have to be specific with any particular kind of barbecue meat. So again, potatoes go a long way, um, pretty good bang for your buck, and there's a lot you can do with them as long as you handle them and treat them right. Let's talk about beans. Beans are a very popular side that people have. Um, and when I'm referring to beans, I'm usually referring to what we call baked beans. So obviously there are different types of beans, pinto beans and so on and so kidney beans. But um, we're usually talking about uh, beans that you're going to use for just your simple baked beans. Some people use northern, whatever. There's different types you can use. Again, no rule on that, whatever your family likes and probably whatever you were brought up with. Uh, beans can come canned. And I know a lot of times people consider that sort of a cardinal sin to buy by canned, but it's actually very quick and easy. Um, they've been cleaned, they're sterilized. Um, it's a very quick and easy way to do it. But uh, some of the uh, old schoolers or purists out there, or foodies, if you will, are going to buy dried beans. And uh, they are a little more work, but can be done. You generally have to soak them 
24 hours and then usually boil them or soften them up in some way. Back in the day, my mom used to put beans in a pressure cooker, and she was able to pressure cook those beans to softness very quick, usually around 20 minutes or so. You do have to be careful with red kidney beans. If you do not buy canned and you buy all natural or organic, they te- something that not everyone knows about with kidney beans, and here's a little barbecue IQ for you, is that they can actually be dangerous if you don't take care of them or don't cook them correctly. Uh, there's something that's called red kidney bean lectin that is a toxin that can leach from the beans. So if they're not prepared correctly. So the bottom line is just follow instructions on your recipes or what have you when it comes to preparing your beans, folks. It's not something very, very dangerous, but something to be uh, considerate of when you're using uh, dried kidney beans and and preparing them yourself. Uh, Just remember that here at Elevation in Colorado, they cook longer, so anything usually that you're doing, but if you are cooking beans uh, at altitude, usually you want to add about 10% more time uh, per uh, 1,000 feet. So just keep that in mind as well because we here in El Paso County have to deal with elevation in different parts. Uh, I mentioned a pressure cooker. The Today's version of that is called the Instant Pot. And that's really just an upgraded version of the old pressure cooker that a lot of our folks had. Uh, When my mom used to cook with it, it actually scared me to death because the thing would be hissing and popping on the top, and I always was afraid something was going to happen. Now today they have instant pots, and it's as simple as pushing a button, and it really works as a pressure cooker would, applying heat and pressure to the food inside, and it cooks it very quickly. Canned uh, baked beans were always really kind of how my family went. Uh, There's no harm or no shame in buying um, name brand canned beans. Bush's is a very popular one. Uh, What we used to do is we would buy the canned beans and then we would flare it up. Um, A lot of competition teams will do just this. They will get a base of something, whether it's a sauce or a bean or something of that case, and then they would add their own ingredients to flare it up. A lot of times if my family was feeling lazy and we just wanted some flavorful beans, we would get them right out of the can and then we would just simply add barbecue sauce to it to flavor it up. Uh, That was a popular side when my uh, family cooked uh, barbecue or or grilled. If you really want to flare it up, be careful with the kids, but you can also add a little bourbon to your beans and that gives it a nice flavor as well. If you cook with it, it'll cook the alcohol out and keep the flavor in. But So just keep that in mind. Add the bourbon before heating up your beans. So beans are a wonderful side that you can have and very common and very filling that go with barbecue. And a lot of restaurants in the barbecue restaurants in the South will serve beans on the side. Grilled veggies. So in my line of work, a lot of vegans and vegetarians get a bad rap because when we think of barbecue, we do think of meat. But vegetarians and vegans alike can grill, use a grill just as easily as the rest of us carnivores can. Uh, grilled veggies is actually one of my favorite ways to enjoy vegetables. I'm not the biggest vegetable fan, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I need to eat more vegetables, like probably most of us. And grilling them is one way that I absolutely love to, uh, to get some of my vitamins out of those veggies. Uh, there's several vegetables that you can obviously put on the grill, or you can even smoke them if you like and then grill them. But asparagus is a very popular veggie that people will grill. 
Uh, one of the favorite ways is to take uh, take asparagus spears, rub a little olive oil on them, put a rub on them, and then wrap them in bacon, and then put that on the grill. And basically, just grill it until the bacon is crispy, and that is a wonderful side or even just an appetizer to have when you're cooking barbecue for the family or friends. Believe it or not, plain old cream of tomato soup can be a great uh, veggie to grill or a side. And what I do is smoke it. So on my smoker or your wood pellet grill or your charcoal grill or your gas grill with wood chips, whatever the case may be, um, I turn the temperature down low and I actually give what I call a kiss of smoke to cream of tomato soup. You can do that with any soup actually, but just something about that seems to go well. One of the other things I make that a lot of people, and I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here for a lot of my family and friends that I do this for, is make smoked salsa. And and salsa is actually super easy to make at home, everyone. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with the canned or over-the-counter salsa, but it's very easy to make on your own, especially if you have a blender or food processor. Simply get all the ingredients for your salsa, cut them up, throw them in a food processor, whip them up, and you basically have salsa. What I like to do, though, is buy the ingredients. I like to buy the smaller type of of tomatoes, things like that, and I cut them in half. I lay them out in my smoker at the lowest temperature I can go, about 170, 180, and I smoke them for about 30 minutes or so and give some some of that, what I called kiss of smoke earlier. Then, after I've smoked them, then I put them in the food processor and blend them up. And you've just made smoked salsa, and it's a easy, easy uh, dish to bring to outdoor cookouts and barbecue uh, cookouts alike. And uh, everyone will think you spent a lot of work doing it. And as I just mentioned, it's a very easy thing to make at home. Uh, smoked cherry tomatoes. So believe it or not, this is another thing that you can put on the grill, and you can grill them as well, but I'm talking about actually smoking them at a lower temp. Uh, You can add these to everything. If you smoke cherry tomatoes uh, long enough, they will eventually dehydrate and almost look like a dried cherry to a degree. Uh, And you can add those to salads. You can add them to casseroles. You can add those to soups. You can add them to all kinds of dishes. So this is another easy thing you can do at home and uh, be able to feed to your family for days past the the cook. Uh, Many other uh, veggies out there that are grilled and or smoked are zucchini. Uh, My mom used to grow zucchini when I was younger. It was a fairly easy thing to grow when I grew up in Michigan. And uh, I had everything from zucchini bread to deep fried zucchini to grilled zucchini um, that I used to eat quite a bit when I was younger. Uh, bell peppers. Uh, never was a big fan of bell peppers myself until I chopped them or sliced them up, put them on a grill, brushed a little olive oil on it, as I mentioned earlier, and put a little rub on it. And then lo and behold, it's one of my favorite ways to eat bell peppers. But just to eat them on their own or in other dishes wasn't a big fan. But when I started grilling them, I liked them. Onions, of course, are really good. Most of us have sautéed onions in some form in a skillet, but you can also grill onions or you can uh, smoke onions as well. They are smoked onions, by the way, are absolutely incredible on your uh, homemade hamburgers. Mushrooms are another very popular thing to grill and or smoke. 
Um, they're very porous and they accept smoke quite a bit, so it doesn't take too long to smoke a mushroom. Uh, but it does add some distinctive flavor along with uh, the flavors that come naturally with the different types of mushrooms. Eggplant, another very popular one out there that people will grill. Uh, again, when it comes to your veggies, whether you are just putting them in the grill and smoking them, whether you're putting them over high heat and grilling them, uh, some people put them in a rotisserie in a basket and uh, let them turn. Uh, I always recommend a little brush or, sp or maybe a little mist of uh, olive oil on them. And then your favorite rub, barbecue rub, can be as simple as that Dalmatian rub, salt and pepper. I like to change it up and I got, we've got many barbecue offerings at Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. So stop into the store and you'd be amazed at the different flavor profiles we can provide for you. Uh, lastly, on grilled veggies, obviously one of the most popular ways to do it are kebabs. A lot of people will use skewers, bamboo skewers or metal skewers, and cut up the veggies and put them on there. You can even throw a chunk of meat on there, chicken, something like that, if you would like to uh, put a little meat in there. But kebabs are a great way to grill veggies over, the, over high heat when you're cooking. My favorite side of all time has to be coleslaw. I love coleslaw. I've grew up on it. I've eaten it quite a many different ways, but it is quite a staple with barbecue sides. The thing about coleslaw is, is you can eat it as a side, sort of like a salad. You can put it on a pulled pork sandwich so it can become a uh, type of sandwich spread, if you will, or something to add on there for other flavor. Uh, you can put it in a brisket sandwich. So there's many different things you can do with coleslaw, and there's many different ways you can make coleslaw. Coleslaw uh, is something that we used to refer to as being slossom in the barbecue community, and this was a phrase coined by Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. If you go to his site, it is a wonderful website that I've talked about in the past and has tons of recipes on all these sides that I'm talking about on today's show. When it comes to coleslaw, can't get beyond that subject without talking about Miracle Whip versus mayonnaise. I think another regional type of food product seems to be mayonnaise versus Miracle Whip. Oftentimes, Miracle Whip is referred to as salad dressing. Um, my family, we were a Miracle Whip family. I've got a lot of friends that never even heard of Miracle Whip and were mayonnaise families. So again, this is a regional uh, choice when it comes to making coleslaw, and you can make coleslaw with either one. I think my family used to use Miracle Whip because it's a little sweeter, and that was a profile that my father happened to like. So my mother made her coleslaw using Miracle Whip, which is a different flavor profile than using mayonnaise. Miracle Whip, even though uh, it, it is sweeter, like I say, it does offer just a little bit of a different uh, profile than mayonnaise does, and it's something that I think complements pork well, and that's another reason uh, my family barbecued a lot of pork when I was younger, and so the sweeter uh, type of coleslaw went well with it. Another way that my favorite way to eat coleslaw is chopped. So if you've ever been to K uh, KFC, they uh, have coleslaw, and it's chopped up very fine, so it's a little different looking than your large sliced up. And it's just a matter of how you cut the cabbage up uh, before you make your coleslaw. Uh, quite frankly, today you can buy bagged shredded cabbage, which really makes it easy to make coleslaw, or you can slice it up yourself, or you can chop it. Uh, you can put it in a food processor, and that will 
effectively chop it or grind it up into a smaller size. And this is all just personal preference, everyone. It's how, whatever you like. Uh, there's a, a term called hashed coleslaw that if you ever see that, that's basically minced down to about one-eighth uh, shards, if you will, for lack of better expression. Um, a lot of times you get that by putting it into like a food processor, like I talked about earlier. That's really going to chop that coleslaw up fine. These are great for sandwiches simply because uh, I referred to it as a spread earlier because if you do chop it up, uh, it works great as basically an addition to any sandwich that you have. There's many different ways you can do coleslaw flavor profiles. You can have it creamy. So if you just add more of said Miracle Whip or mayo, it can be creamier. Uh, you can make it sweet. You can make it sour. You can make it vinegary, vinegar profile or not. So the beautiful thing about that is it goes a long way and there's many different ways to do it and it just seems to complement uh, barbecue in general. Corn, boy, that's a big one. We all love corn. Corn is that veggie that everyone seems to agree is a good one. Uh, a couple things I wanna recommend about corn that not everybody thinks about is buy it in season. Believe it or not, there are two major seasons when it comes to corn. Now that doesn't mean you can't find it year round. Yeah, you can get frozen corn, but I'm talking about corn that you buy in the produce section of the grocery store. From the south, it comes in early summer. So right about now is a great time to get corn that's been grown in the south. In the north, it's generally late July to early August. And most of the time you'll see this because the grocery stores will highlight because it is in season. They obviously want to get rid of it and sell it. But that's the best time to pick up your corn is in those two different times. I do recommend that if you're going to buy corn, buy it in the husk. I know a lot of people are intimidated by walking up to a bin at a grocery store full of corn that's still in the husk and not sure what to do. And they watch other people to see what they do and people pull the husk off and sniff it and look, all kinds of things. Here's what I recommend to do with corn in the husk when you come across it at the grocery store. You want to inspect it, of course, take a look, make sure there are no bugs or anything obvious like that on it, no mold, anything that you would see with the naked eye on the outside. You want to buy medium-sized corn. I would stay away from the smaller or the larger size. I think a lot of times instinctively we want to buy larger, but look for the medium-sized corn. That's going to be the best that's out there. The husk should be about pale green, give or take, and it actually should feel moist. If the husk is dry, do not buy that corn. It should feel moist to the touch. Not wet, but just moist. Cut the end of the, uh, the cut end of the stem should not be brown, so look for that. It should actually be a nice white color. So make sure that it is not brown and it should definitely should not be black. Put that back. The silk of the corn husk should not be black as well. It should be a nice golden to white color, maybe yellow, but we don't want any brown or black silk the silk which comes in the, on the husk. You always want to refrigerate corn in the husk as soon as possible. Now, I know again what you're thinking, listeners. Well, it's not refrigerated in the grocery store, Dan. Most of that just has to do with lack of space that they have. But you want to refrigerate organic or natural corn that's in the husk when you get it home. Canned or frozen, 
you know what? It has its place, folks. Obviously, in the middle of winter, it's not in season, and that doesn't mean you can't eat corn in January. You just simply might have to get canned or frozen corn. Most of the time, I save those for casserole dishes and the like where you're not eating the corn by itself straight up. Let's talk about bread. Bread is a popular one. If you go down south, you'll get a big slop of barbecue meat with sauce and a big chunk of what we call Texas toast, which is very thick slice of bread. And that's used to mop up all that sauce or put the meat on and eat it like a sandwich. Uh, Cornbread is very popular side dish. Uh, If you haven't ever tried cornbread, give it a try, folks. It's easy to make. You can make it sweet. We used to put honey on it when I was younger, and it's almost a dessert in that case, but it's wonderful. Uh, I talked about Texas toast. That's a very popular way, obviously, in the South to uh, serve uh, barbecue from some of the little smaller restaurants that exist. Uh, Plain old buns. You use buns for pulled pork sandwiches, brisket sandwiches, obviously hamburgers and hot dogs. So plain old buns work great, and even buns come in a variety of different flavors. My favorite is a brand called uh, King's Hawaiian, which is a sweet type of bun, which works phenomenally with pork pulled pork sandwiches. You've got to give it a try. Under the heading of bread, I'm going to bring out biscuits and gravy. If you're from the South, you got to have some biscuits and gravy. Sometimes if you uh, are eating brisket and so on, they will pair it with that. Uh, There's good old garlic bread. Garlic bread works very well with barbecue as well, Uh, especially things like pulled pork or brisket. Mac and cheese. (laughs) It's one of those things that we eat a lot as children and we don't always think about as adults, but once you get older, there's different ways you can do mac and cheese. And you know my favorite way is smoked mac and cheese. You can simply make the macaroni and cheese just like you would as if you were going to cook it in the oven, but put it in your smoker or your grill instead. Give it that kiss of smoke as we talked about. You can add meat. You can add brisket, smoked brisket to your mac and cheese. You can add smoked pork to your mac and cheese, smoked chicken. So these are all things you can do to make that mac and cheese a little more mature. Um, Salads. Salads are a good healthy side that we can have with barbecue. It's a nice refreshing cool crunch that you can have when you're eating your barbecue. Uh, Salads can be different ways too. Obviously you got your plain garden salad. Uh, Pasta salad is very popular. Green salad, which is going to be like your garden salad with different types of lettuce, romaine, and so on. Uh, Cucumber salad is very popular. And again, these are all regional, folks. It all depends on what part of the country or the world, for that matter, that you grew up in. Uh, Potato salad, kind of already talked about that when we did the potato section. And believe it or not, you can grill romaine. I know it sounds a little different, but... If you look it up, you can grill romaine leaves, and it's a wonderful way to make it as well. Gives it a little crunch. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening, and this wraps up our show on Summer Sides. Brought to you by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, located at 5921 North Academy Boulevard, right here in Colorado Springs. You can visit our website at 719bbq.com. We are now open on Sundays from 11 to 4, so if you have any last-minute barbecue needs over the weekend, come see us. Thanks for listening. This has been the Easy Does It Barbecue Show with Dan McDonald, Colorado Barbecue Outfitters. See you next week, everyone.
Thanks for listening to Easy Does It Barbecue, brought to you by Colorado Barbecue Outfitters, specializing in pellet grills, charcoal grills, electric smokers, sauces, rubs, and barbecue accessories. Online at 719BBQ.com. See you next Saturday at 1 for Easy Does It Barbecue. And listen to the podcast on Podbean.